hopefully this is this is not just the starting point but also the tipping point because medical cannabis in the UK looking from the outside in the UK are the biggest exporters of medical cannabis in the world so it's like we're the Scarface and all the other countries in the world are all like the you know all the all the addicts but um until the public catch on to that and realize that there's millions and millions being made privately to the private companies in the UK and the public are being all left out until they realize and that changes unfortunately you know this is this is the sort of thing we'll have to do hi everyone thanks so much for tuning in before we get started i just have a few short messages First off, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe this podcast. It's the best way to help us grow and help me get on bigger and better guests. Also, don't forget you can pre-order my book, To the Moon, The GameStop Saga, right now by following the links in the description below. We've also got a few quick sponsors for the show today. Comedy is a really crucial art form, especially in a world where government power seems to be rapidly expanding. It's one of the most effective ways to speak truth to power. And to that end, today I bring you the Behind the Bits podcast with Scott Curtis, a podcast about the tragedy and triumph of stand-up comedy. Every week, Scott has a new comedian on the show to talk about inspiration for their comedy, the struggles of the industry, and how they find themselves stumbling into the world of comedy. In one of my favourite recent episodes, Scott spoke to Liz Meal a New Jerseyite who began comedy at 16. The show can swing between hilariously funny and incredibly poignant at times. She spoke about realizing the problems you had as a child in retrospect, smoking weed as a waitress, mental health, breaking rules, and the wild roller coaster of performing on stage. You'll get Behind the Bits wherever you find your podcast, Apple, Spotify, and more. That's Behind the Bits with Scott Curtis. The best podcast to get to know the people behind the jokes. Cryptocurrencies are all the rage these days. Over 100 million people now own cryptocurrency. Some for the memes, some for the long-term value, and some for the underlying technology. But there hasn't been a coin or token that has emerged yet that truly replaces cash or currency. This is where Dash comes in. Dash is digital cash a user-focused cryptocurrency which you can spend anywhere, anytime, and any amount for fees less than one cent. With hashtag DashDirect, people can spend their Dash at over 155,000 major US retailers and get a discount and money back into their Dash wallet. No banks, no fiat, just pure crypto with an average saving of 5%. Anyone can participate in the network and Dash is widely available for purchase around the world. The ingenious masternode network means sending any sum of money around the world is as simple as tapping your phone at your local grocery store. So you can say goodbye to slow transactions, complex international account numbers, and high transaction fees. Dash gives you the freedom to move your money any way you want. Grab a coffee, split a check, or pay your phone bill. Dash moves money, anywhere to anyone instantly for less than a cent links for everything will be in the description below so check them out and then please enjoy the podcast 
Are we good? Awesome. So, welcome everyone to another episode of Chatter. Today I'm here with Alan Robinson, better known as NI Guy on Instagram and a cannabis activist for Northern Ireland, man. Welcome to the show. All right, Josh, what's happening? It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Thanks thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. I mean, I, I probably, like a lot of people, saw the article in the Belfast Telegraph and was immediately intrigued and thought I had to come down and see this for myself and, and talk to you about like what exactly this shop is and what you hope it might become. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about like how you started? I know you said it was only a couple of months old, but like, yeah. where did the idea come from? And like, well, the the whole point of um, coming up here, because uh, it is quite a wee bit away from Belfast, where I'm used to, uh, was to meet people to talk to them about CBD oil, um, cannabis oil in general, um, and the medical applications of it. The, the people that that have been approaching me on social media, a lot of them, whenever you're going to meet them, there was nowhere really, really to go. You know, and you can't, you know, you can't be expecting to visit strangers' houses all the time, especially during the likes of, likes of lockdown and stuff. So, I was meeting people in Costa Coffee and and uh, places like that. This wee unit up here um, was was an old tea room, and there was a, a sofa in the back. And I come up here one day to meet one person that was actually up here already, and the, the, it's just snowballed from there. You know, it was a, a great place, and I thought maybe I could meet more people here. So in the early stages, and that's this is like a couple of days that lasted, and the next thing I knew, I was getting I was getting messages from people saying, "Here, I've got a I've got chairs, you know." And a couple couple of lads that had done cannabis awareness from in the past, they they got in touch and helped me with counters and stuff. And before I knew it, before I knew it, I was standing in the place going, "Here, this this has potential. Something's happening here, you know." So, you know, it's it's really has it, it's come out of nowhere, but. But where we are with it now and the support it's it's got is it's it's blew me away, it really has. Yeah, I mean it looks beautiful, I gotta say. I'm I'm really, really impressed. I think it's probably the nicest place we've ever recorded. Maybe. I really appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. <laughs> I mean Yeah, no no offense to um Market Peckham in London, but <laughs> <laughs> nice one. But it's definitely uh yeah, nice background, nice, nice, nice vibe. I love it. So you have on sale here, you've got C B D. Um, yes. and CBD oils and then like a bunch of other stuff like rapeseed oils and things like that. But, yeah. So what are the exact laws surrounding CBD in Northern Ireland? Because I saw six months ago or something, there was a, I saw this little cardboard placard ad down near York Gate for a, a CBD cafe on the Shankle Road. I was cracking up when I saw that. <laughs> I was just like, is this legal? Like, is it real? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is it real? Yeah. So like what, yeah, what's well, the legal situation? In the, in the UK, CBD is licensed for retail as a, a food supplement, as a novelty food. So if it was just your normal run-of-the-mill thing, you would find it in the likes of the supermarkets where the cod liver oil is and, you know, all the, them sort of capsules and stuff. So um, the CBD itself... Is it, it's, it, it's designated as a food stuff, right? Like a, like, a, like a food supplement? Yeah. Okay, so like, is anyone allowed to sell it, first off? Yes. So CBD is licensed as a novelty food. Mm-hmm. And because it doesn't have any psychoactive effects, it can be sold. So over the last few years, more and more CBD shops started to pop up around Northern Ireland. It was completely new even to myself. I've always been a traditional cannabis smoker. So, you know, CBD to me, I've seen it emerge in the likes of Colorado and stuff. And, you know, we are like, oh, it's, it's this newfangled thing. But nobody really actually understood what it was. I myself started to use it just to support 
the CBD shop that had popped up mm. on the high street. But the result of that was I was actually able to, to kick my addiction to antidepressants and painkillers. And I was amazed, you know, it wasn't, again, it wasn't something that I actually sat down and said, right, I'm going to stop taking these tablets. And what it, it was, I'd forgot to take them, you know, after a couple of days and then I wasn't taking as much, but I never, ever felt, you know, angry whereas before maybe you know you would have been angry if you hadn't uh, took your tablets to go to work or something so the cbd became a lot more popular and of course uh big pharma always have the, always looking over their shoulder mm. so they are trying their best to put as much red tape around this thing as possible so what we found the last few months a certain brand of cbd hemp was being lifted off the shelves of a lot of CBD shops around Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. Okay. Um, I actually have some here, so I'll have to show you. Yeah. So, Are you, can you say which one it is, or would you prefer not to? Which? The the CBD oil that's being lifted off of the... The CBD hemp. Or the CDB, CBD hemp, sorry, that's so, being lifted. Well, this is what CBD hemp looks like. Lovely. You know, so... People who have never seen weed before, it looks just like weed. Yeah. <laughs> So see what you've just said there, that word, that is why that can is being lifted off the shelves because this can be sold as CBD hemp and it's called CBD hemp and see if it's called CBD anything else, it can't be sold. Really? Really. Okay. So it's, it took a while to actually get down to the black and white of it, but that, that is really it. So if, if a retailer, um, and a customer are talking and they start referring to this as CBD, bud, weed, cannabis, anything like that, and it's not hemp, then it's not licensed. So the CBD, it has to be hemp derived. Okay. And that is uh, why the likes of oils and stuff, traditional full extract oils and stuff, are being very, very, very much so kept away from us. Mm. So it has to be called CBD hemp for it to be legal. Yes. Right? But does that mean that you can sell that as long as you label it CBD hemp, you can sell that? Does do you do you need a license for that? Um, just a, a normal retail license. Um, actually, the sorry, actually the the shop that actually supply it, they have it all packed up and labeled properly, mm -hmm. correctly, um, the correct information on it, and also the toxicology report, which is the lab report, the all important lab report, because. You know, I've I've just showed you, I've just showed you some hemp there, and I've called it hemp. But you only you only know that because I've told you. Mm. So we actually have the official documentation to say what's in it, what's not in it, and the likes of the pesticides and stuff, and how safe it is. Mm. You know, so it's everything is above board where CBD hemp is concerned. And the real exciting part of that for me is there's nothing that prohibits you from vaping it. Mm. Yeah, because there's you know exactly what's on it. Because like that's one of the things that that I don't understand about people's like desire to keep it illegal or to keep any drugs illegal. But like, start we'll start with this. Yeah. But it's that it's it's more dangerous for people when we don't know exactly what it's been sprayed with or what mm -hmm. how it's been grown or um, even like you don't know um, the like the THC or CBD um, percentages in it, like yeah. that, because that can be, that can be really dangerous. Well, not even dangerous, but people can like well, freak yeah. out and like have panic attacks or like get really anxious mm -hmm. and stuff if things are too strong for them. And like the, one of the best arguments for, for legalization is that it allows everyone to be informed about what they're consuming. Yeah, exactly. The, 
the good thing about the likes of the private prescriptions now in the UK is when patients are getting their medicine and being told what it is, they can actually go online and look look this up, look this strain up, and it, it'll give you the full chemical breakdown, the pesticides, the metals, all of that, and it's all online. That's, that's great. You don't get that on the street. So cannabis, a lot more people are now catching on that cannabis is medicine. It's nature's, it's mother nature's medicine. And whenever maybe Dodgy Dave down down the street or around the corner is telling you, oh, I here's a this this will sort you out for your your mental health. Mm. As you say, you know, you might be getting something that could maybe make you worse, you know, or maybe it's too it is too strong, you know, and it's like too much of anything's bad for you, you know. I I would love to sit here and say cannabis is a hundred percent great and there's no negative effects, you know, but like you just seen it there earlier, the the main the main effect from cannabis use side effect was memory loss, <laughs> and my short term memory is is a car crash. So you know, there's there is definitely research that needs done out there. It's not just the one cap fits all for for everything, especially whenever you're looking at the likes of serious ailments like epilepsy and cancer. You know, so hopefully this is this is not just the starting point, but also the tipping point because medical cannabis in the UK. Looking from the outside in, the UK are the biggest exporters of medical cannabis in the world. So it's like we're the Scarface and all the other countries in the world are all like the, you know, all the, all the addicts. But um, until the public catch on to that and realise that there's millions and millions being made privately to the private companies in the UK and the public are being all left out, until they're realising that changes, unfortunately, you know, this is, this is the sort of thing we'll have to do. Mm. But doing it, we are. And as I, as I say, the support's been great. We've had two days where we've put out on social media that we're open for people to come in and register up as membership. And our membership now, it's it's definitely, it's hit, it's hit about 20. And that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Not everybody has a private script, but every single one of them wants to learn how to, how to get one. Mm. And more important... Is this a private script for CBD or for, for like marijuana? This is a private script for cannabis. Right. Yeah. Okay. So with THC in it, basically, yes. is what I'm asking. Okay. Yes. So you could like, so there's, there's places in the UK that will give you a script for that. Yes. Really? Yes. Right. Is there places in Northern Ireland that will do that? Well, Northern Ireland is part of the UK. A lot of the cannabis clinics are all in, in England. Mm. They're, they are dotted about, um, but most of them are, are registered at the Harley Street. Um, they are proper professional setups, and it's like any other private clinic that you would go to. You'll go and they'll they'll assess you. They'll give you a consultation, and most of the time, they'll give you a prescription for cannabis floor. Right, <laughs> because like as far as I was aware, that this was a a class B illegal substance which they say has no medical benefit whatsoever the home office like official line is there's no med uh, medicinal benefit whatsoever from this oh well they're lying aren't they well i i'm not saying they're not lying but i'm saying like <laughs> how is it possible like where do you go to fill that script um, it's, it's all done online it's all done online even the consultations it was a zoom with right. uh with a doctor in london okay the but I mean, what what pharmacy do you go to? Well, like <laughs> the clinics have their own pharmacies. You know, you can't just rock down to the the Gordon's Camas down the road like and say, right? What they have like a trap yep. door underneath? Be great. <laughs> yeah, twenty bag, please, sir. 
No, they don't. Um, the the clinics have their own specific pharmacies. So there's three. There's three pharmacies that I'll send out to you. But when they do, they post it out to your front door, and it's recorded by it's DPD that brings it. It's like DHL. It's like you know, it's it's proper. It's amazing. You get the knock on the door, and it's somebody bringing cannabis. It's, it's welcome to 2021. Yeah. That must be like does that's that's what they do in Colorado and California and stuff as well. It's like doctors like I think was I'm pretty sure it was Snoop Dogg had a company that would like hook you up with a doctor for a consultation for medicinal marijuana at any time. It was like twenty four seven. You could just mm-hmm. go online and within like half an hour you'd have like a script from a doctor. <laughs> I mean, good work, Snoop. But <laughs> Yeah. Um Well Josh, you're not you're actually you're not too far off a of marker. That's mm. that's more or less what we're planning to do here. We want, want to do it here. We want people to come here from the start, from walking through the door when they say, uh, tell me, what is this thing about a private script to walking out the door with already on, well on their way to actually getting one? And it, it has happened. It has happened over the last couple of weeks. There's people coming so in. So you've, you've had that happen in here where yeah. you have had someone come in and you've been able to hook them up with a doctor and the to, to either speak to them initially or to even just get the prescription. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's like so that's happening above board legally in the United Kingdom. It is, yes. Wow. It's happening here. We've also we are in touch. This is this is very top secret. We have been in we have been in conversation with a couple of the actual private clinics and one of them in particular has shown shown interest in sending us information and using our social media to get consultations out onto the likes of YouTube and Facebook for free. Right. Wow. So this is a, it's like a big group of doctors. Is it like a private clinic that it's, are doing this? It's a private clinic, but, you know, obviously I can't, I'm not going to reveal yeah, which clinic yeah. it is, <laughs> but the clinic in particular, the likes of their um, chronic pain specialists, psychiatrists and surgeons, they, um, they have their own private, um, private practices themselves whereas some of the other clinics as you say they're, they're all in the one building you know so this this is really something special and you know I'm a, I'm a great believer in karma and see for the last two weeks everywhere I've looked I just keep seeing number ones everywhere like four ones in a row and I'm just it's got to the point now where I'm just going right, right somebody's really messing with me here you know it, but it's not so much, I keep on saying these things aren't planned. It's like two cogs have just came out of nowhere and just went click, 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 click. And dude, we're only halfway around. Mm. There's more to come. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was, before I went to bed last night, I was reading, um, I'm just finishing Fingerprints of the Gods by Graham Hancock. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with like his work. I'm not. Absolute hero. Uh, his TED talk was so sensible. It got banned. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. That's yeah, be interesting. I'll have to actually get that link off you. Yeah. He's uh, he's a little bit out there, but I definitely think his um, so he he's been writing for like twenty twenty five years about the, this idea that there might be have been some very smart ancient civilization, and that like what we see around the world in like at Machu Picchu and at um, the Giza Plateau in Egypt and all the all these places where there's like really ancient buildings yeah when they have no real conception of how people five thousand years ago would have had the ability to move 200 ton blocks of stone Mm -hmm. and put them in a perfect organizational 
uh, thing that makes them slot together perfectly with no cement and they've stood for thousands of years. And he thinks that quite a lot of these things are older than we're estimating mm -hmm. and that they were put there by this ancient civilization. But anyway, the, the reason I brought it up was because I was reading last night uh, towards the end of this book. He's talking about how he sort of started to get his theory together and he came across this this little book that uh, had been sent to him by someone but he came across it right as he was like he wasn't sure where things were going it, like uh, his theory was like not quite panning out and he called i think it was called a a library angel mm -hmm. where the right piece of information pops up to a to a journalist or a writer just at that right moment and it just feels like it was meant to be yeah and i think that's probably what you the the exact same thing that's happening here is like you're doing the right things at the right moment and everything just seems to be sort of falling into place yeah it, it, it seems to be that way it's like this is definitely the right the right time to be doing this you know i've had offers before from cbd shops um different roles within that and um other different projects you know but I've always just thought, you know, it just wasn't the right time. But with this, it's I feel as though I feel it's the time that's actually came along and grabbed me and says, "Here, you're gonna miss this if you don't hurry up." You know, <laughs> it's it's because you know the likes of I sent off a couple of emails to um, some dry herb vape manufacturers and just told them what I was doing in in one one email. And um, from that to now, and it's only been the space of about a week and a half, I've had official uk training on the packs from the, the rep he's in france so we're, we're zooming and we're, we're doing and he's like we'll get you trained up and all the rest of it but what we're actually doing is it it's more a laugh you know we're having great crack and we're learning how to use these devices and it's dawning on me just how high tech and real like they're, the the packs might as well be a smartphone you know, there's a game and all on it you know so um and then there's the stores and pickle manufacturers they are they're more than happy for me to put um, posters up here of their actual canadian matic range which i don't know if you're familiar with no so the likes of this one this is the volcano hybrid ah is that oh. what our our friend has so yeah. this has you can attach the big balloon to this mm. or you can have like a hookah pipe but this is the digital interface interface the classic was like an old school cooker you know, with your, your knobs, but this is the digital interface. So one of these in America, well, anywhere that's not Europe, put it that way, where they actually, where it says hybrid, it actually says the word Matic. Okay. So whenever I approached Doors and Bickle, obviously I said, we want the ones that say Matic. And the reply that came back was, was, was actually, it was, it was a bit shocking. It says, we can't, we can't send you any of the Matic range and their handheld say Matic as well because you live in the wrong continent. And I was like, hold on, S Stores and Bickle, they're German. They're, they're, they're in Europe. They're mm. from Europe. They're Europeans. Mm. So We're not anymore. You know, that's well, that's true. <laughs> but, you know, that just shows you that um, if you go on to Stores and Bickle's website in another continent or away from the UK and you can read it's there in black and white the only official medical cannabis dry herb vaporizer mm. and they're in hospitals and health centers you know so the conversation with them has been is really eye-opening you know I did I really I, I tried to bend their arm and says look just just sell me one you know just just to me and but they says we you really can say can't shipping error or <laughs> yeah but they says you're not a, you're not a hospital <laughs> you know you're not a hospital mm. so the attitude coming across the water from 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 or sorry coming from germany 
from manufacturers of these things saying to me things like, we can't give you one because you're not a hospital. You know, we're talking about cannabis here. You know, so it's, it's amazing how far the world has actually turned where medical cannabis is concerned. But the public in the UK, they're being left out, left in the dark. Mm. And we're having to find out all this information for ourselves. So again, this is, this is going to be the spot for exactly that. You know, so what? Like, what? What are one of these for? Like, for people that don't know, and I've definitely never seen one before. <laughs> um, so yeah, what? Well, what's this for? Well, this is a dry herb vaporizer. So if you're prescribed your cannabis flower, the doctor will say we advise you to vape this. Um, there's no smoking, no tobacco, that sort of thing. It's definitely frowned upon. Some private clinics will actually ask you to sign a waiver that you agree to only vape the flower because they don't want people ruining up joints mm. and smoking combustion is is out it's all about dry herb vape so this is basically a glorified oven so whenever you have everything ready to go on the top and mm. you switch it on it heats it heats the cannabis to a certain degree that lets off the cannabinoids as a vape mm-hmm. as a vape um as vapor and it can either be collected in the big bag which i'm sure you've seen yeah or it can be blown out through through a pipe and that's it. Inhale, and you're getting your your medicine. There's no there's no nicotine. There's no you know poisonous substances in it. And the manufacturers that make these and also the packs are smack buying up to date with what materials are actually making these devices as well. So they're not just looking at um, the best way for you to vaporize your medicine. They're also making sure that it's the safest way. Mm. Well, I mean, we know so much at this point. It seems. Um archaic to not be able to like use that knowledge that we're seeing coming out of like places like i think that i mean one of the best examples of legalization working really well is colorado Mm -hmm. where they immediately pumped loads of the money back into like education Mm -hmm. about about um yeah about cannabis and uh it's it's been a boon for them i think it it didn't it took like a year and a half for them to to sell like a billion dollars of weed Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is mind-blowing like the amount of money that we could make from taxing mm-hmm. it just a little bit yeah definitely it always reminds me of the meme that i see on social media and it says we need more potheads instead of potholes you know so the the economy over here would be it would be transformed overnight if cannabis was decriminalized right across the board um, i'm a firm believer in and plant medicine and, and people that want to grow cannabis they should be allowed to you know obviously somebody that's maybe growing 60 or 70 plants out their back garden is ul- ulterior in motives but you know people that want to grow two or three plants that's that's the way it should be and hopefully that's the direction that we can steer this thing mm. i mean i think if you if you had more if, if people were legally allowed to grow i would think that those massive grows that are currently being run by paramilitary affiliated organizations mm-hmm. um and funding a lot of paramilitary violence um unfortunately would disappear because the people who are buying from them would just grow their own because it's a cheaper and uh, b i know many people are not happy about the fact that the paramilitaries are the ones that yeah. are profiting off of this and that that's that's the really sad part about it is that like the drug trade is funding the continuation of the paramilitaries in northern ireland like I, I've no idea, no idea why that argument isn't made more. Yeah, 
You know, no well, one likes violence. No one wants to go back there. So why are we funding them? It definitely, it's it's that old argument I've had it a few times with with both sides of that argument. I've sat with politicians, and I, I do know I've sat with with paramilitaries as well, and it's all about money with both of them. It's you know, there's there's no middle ground. Nobody that's profiteering off of cannabis is interested in the medical effects or the medical side of it, and. In a way, I would say that that's why there's so much suppression of pro-medical cannabis news in, in Northern Ireland. They, they don't want people to know. Mm. But um, I have a private prescription myself for cannabis floor. And the really big thing about it that I'm most proud of, because I, I love Mary Jane, like, so, you know, just for a doctor to say, yes, we're actually prescribing it, it's for mental health. So, you know, Northern Ireland... You look at Northern Ireland, you go back maybe 30, 40 years. I would say anybody that's over the age of 35, 40, whether they know it or not, and they've grew up in here, they've PTSD in some sort of mm. in some sort of way, shape or form. And that also manifests in the other mental health problems. So, you know, there's, there's definitely a spike in the middle of Northern Ireland, a big cannabis spike, and I've got the mallet and see <laughs> if I hit it hard enough. You know, can you imagine, can you imagine the UTV live at six coming on and going, ah, welcome to the news, breaking news. Everybody in Northern Ireland is eligible for a private prescription for cannabis. I wonder how long that would last before it's, do you know what? There's the medical research that has now been garnished from all these consultations and feedback from prescriptions. People are going to know what strain they would be going for for the likes of mental health or chronic pain. It's, it's only a matter of time, Josh. It really is. The the green wave's here, and it's it's time to grab your surfboard. I I fucking hope so. Yeah, <laughs> it's about time. Uh, it's it's one of the, the I think the the cliche uh, statement about it is like it's the most dangerous thing about it is uh, is having it. Like the most dangerous thing about the plant is being caught with it. Yeah, that's just. <laughs> and in, in a way yeah in a way that's true definitely for sure there's there's a great initiative coming from England and it's called Concord and the Concord is for people that qualify and are eligible for a private prescription for cannabis whether it be chronic pain or mental health they just can't afford it so it's a subsidised one off payment and you'll get sent out an actual photographic ID card for you to carry in your pocket. It's officially recognised in England, Scotland and Wales. Unfortunately, the Northern Ireland Police Federation would rather ignore it. Um, the policing board would rather ignore it. And all the MLAs and politicians that I've emailed about it would rather ignore it. And I don't think that's a personal choice either, Josh. It's what you were saying earlier on there, maybe about organised crime. You can see how how maybe an initiative like Concord, which decriminalises anybody caught carrying it to a certain extent, you could see how that could maybe be abused in such a small place like Northern Ireland mm -hmm. with the likes of organised crime controlling the the working class inner city sort of areas. So there is work to be done there, but if you know if we can get the, the PSNI even to just start talking about medical cannabis, that would be a massive boost for us. When you've spoken to politicians about this, like, what is the, what's the reaction that you get? Like, is it mostly like, oh well, we agree with you in principle, but we're not going to do this? Like, is that is that basically what it is, or is it is there like legitimate opposition to this, or is it just sort of people don't want to be seen to be, you know, it's, endorsing it, drugs? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a wee, it's a wee bit of everything. I try 
I try not to say cannabis as much. Whereas before, whenever I was, I was starting off with my public awareness, I was trying to say it as many times as possible. Say that word as many times as possible. But see, whenever you're actually talking to maybe people, the decision makers, cannabis has, has this stigma attached to it. If you say cannabis around around those sort of people one too many times, you know, they get cold feet. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's not their own sort of, it's just the, the social climate and the the, the stigma, the whole reefer madness that's that surrounds cannabis. It's crazy, it's still there, isn't it? It is like indeed. Like a hundred years later. Definitely, prohibition it is. It's coming up to a hundred. Break my heart if prohibition got to a hundred years old. You know, we're, we're, we're creeping up to it. But the likes of the politicians that I've spoke to more recently, I was quite amazed. There is a lot of, there's a lot of noise coming from Westminster with the, the patient-led access, the plea, and... I was mentioning that to a certain MLA a couple of weeks ago and he turned around and he named a couple of the doctors that were actually at it at the debate in Westminster and I could have fell off my chair so I said to myself here, hold on a minute, he, he sort of knows it so I started to name drop a couple of others and talk about it, he knew exactly what was going on and you know I didn't want to get up and say here this is brilliant and the class you know mm. what I wanted to do was, was how do we push these walls and get me and him sitting talking about this like in the middle of the public sphere because mm. it's very clear to me that the the MLAs in charge of these sort of decisions they're smack bang up to date with what's happening with medical research especially with the likes of the families campaigning it's just not being printed anywhere mm. so it's it was very it was very positive you know the the last few politicians I spoke to before usually you'd be campaigning for maybe a, a sick child or, or something like that so the politician side of them was always we support you and we support the child but they always did toe the party line at the end of the day the last vote on cannabis in Westminster to decriminalise it was brought by Sir Norman Lamb mm-hmm. um, from the Liberal Democrats and it the vote it didn't get through, but it was like it was less than ten votes. And then you look to the likes of the DUP and Sinn Fein. Sinn Fein don't even vote in Westminster, so you know that's a big letdown to everybody in Northern Ireland. Everybody, if they're voting on medical cannabis, because you know the the people that they represent have a voice on medical cannabis. And then you had the DUP, and all of their members all voted against it. Mm-hmm. But yet two of them in particular earlier that year within within the 12 months before had independently campaigned for sick children that were campaigning for cannabis on the nhs so the politicians themselves will support a certain mm. you know if you're going to push a, a sick kid in front of a politician what are they supposed to do well, yeah. you know but if you're standing there with a plant saying here can i grow this you know the, but the the party line which is the overall top level political attitude to medical cannabis in the UK is very much in big pharma's pockets. Mm. I mean, I don't want to draw a specific suggestion that the power of the paramilitaries over certain parties in our assembly might be preventing their campaigning for it. But we've seen how influential they are in other areas. So, you know, people, you can make your own judgments <laughs> on that. <laughs> So we were talking earlier about how the UK is the, the biggest exporter of medicinal mm-hmm. marijuana. Blair, can you look up how much um, they, they're like how much they're exporting per year? And because I'm pretty sure the big farms in Buckinghamshire, I'm just interested to like get people to yeah yeah come back to us on that. Mm-hmm. But 
the the debate in in Westminster about it. Did you hear that uh, a lot of the politicians, like a cross party group, had been to Canada a couple of years ago, just before the pandemic, to sort of look at what their legalization process had looked like? I was aware of it, although whenever I see see sort of news clippings and stuff like that in mainstream news, I I look at a news news report or something like that, and immediately I think, who's paid to put that story there, and who does it benefit? So I'm I'm very very skeptical. So I was aware of it, but I, I wasn't clued into what actually went on. I mean, basically, um, from what I read, at least anyway, the 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 idea was they came back, and we're like, okay, how do we do this here? That was the, across all parties. Everyone that went, they were just they were blown away at the amount of tax money that they could make from it. They were just like, how do we get our hands on this? You know, yeah. like politicians and civil service, like they see more tax money. They're like, <laughs> yeah, definitely. So um, I think we can we can be, uh, I saw it as a positive move, to be honest, the fact that even if it was only a handful of politicians, but that enough of them had gone out and seen that this had gone well in Canada, you know, society yeah. didn't fall apart. There was no like moral degradation. Exactly, you know, it didn't yep. it didn't suddenly lead to a wave of cocaine and heroin addicts <laughs> in the way that many many legally prescribed opioids have in uh, particularly in in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. And it, it was yeah for me it was really heartening. Um, did we find anything on that? Yeah, yeah, I've got some information here. Um, a twenty eighteen United Nations report revealed that Britain, the largest producer of legal cannabis. 95 tons, that's 2016, which accounted for 44.9% of the world's total. It's the largest export of marijuana, exporting 70% of the world's total. Um, I can't get more. What? 70% of the world's cannabis exports? I would say more. That's insane. 70% of the world's export market. Because I, well, I assume it's not 70% of the world's cannabis is being grown because we just don't have the space to do to do it on the scale that like mm-hmm. America and Canada are doing it. But, but of the exports, that's stunning. Yeah. 70%. That's crazy. And, you know, all that, you're saying about the tax money and at the very start there, you said about the home office and all, you know, these people, they're cleaning up and... We're still having to go to work 40 hours a week for 40 years, you know, just to feed the family, you know. So definitely things need to change around here. And the more people that catch on to what is actually going on with cannabis, the better. The The Home Office granted GW Pharmaceuticals a license to grow medical cannabis. Whatever way they worded it, it was either medical cannabis or cannabis for medical use. But medical is in there mm. in the late 90s. The late 90s. Wait, the late 90s? The late 90s. That company itself, the the main shareholder was Capital at one point, and the main stakeholder in Capital was Philip May, who was married to Theresa May, who was at that time Prime Minister. Now she was Health Health Secretary before that, mm. so you know Home Secretary or Home Secretary. Sorry, um, but this is the woman standing up in Parliament, as you said earlier, telling everybody. No, ma- no medical benefits. Mm. You know, when her own husband was was, was generating that that sort of. I know it wasn't him himself, but yeah, you know yeah, he yeah. was. You know, the buck stops with him. He's the top of the tree. But GW Pharmaceuticals was sold, I think, less than eighteen months ago to a company in America called Jazz Pharma, and it sold for seven point two billion dollars. You know, a so lot of money. That's the sort of money that the cannabis industry can generate, and yeah. 
you know, the, the UK could really use that money. Northern Ireland could really use that money. Oh, it would be a super state in no, no time. Yeah, exactly. In no time. The Emerald Isle, definitely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> definitely, for sure. So some of the private prescriptions that you'll get in the UK, when you actually get your tub, it'll say where it's made or where it's come from. Um, Canada, Israel, America. So when you're getting it then, in mm -hmm. the, sorry, so you yeah. you have your consultation, you, you get your prescription with, mm -hmm. from the doctor, you go to their website, yeah, fill it out, um, put in your prescription, details, etc., and they send it to you. So you're getting that from places from all around the world. You're not just getting, like, what's grown in, say, Buckinghamshire. You're getting, like, America, Canada, Israel, you said as yeah, well? Israel, yeah, Israel, yeah. Have you got anywhere else? Um, the one thing that actually I only found out yesterday, one of, it's a lady I know that also has a, a private prescription. I was talking to her yesterday, and she said it's the first time ever the label said that it was made in the UK. Interesting. Came from the UK. So the, the grows in the UK that the Home Office have now granted, there's been several of them the last couple of years. Um, I would say there's a very, very good chance, Josh, that we're probably sitting less than 10 miles away from, from a, a private grow. I would dare to say so, yeah. Is it good stuff? It's getting there. <laughs> it's getting there. It wasn't to start with, but with anything, you know, you, you have to, you can't run before you walk. You learn to walk. So at the very start, um, 2018, I went to Stormont and pushed through medical cannabis to be legalised for a private prescription. And back then it was just oil. Mm. That's all anybody ever knew. And even in general, Europeans before prohibition, the cannabis leaf, they wouldn't have known what that looked like because all, all it was always oil. It was a bottle of oil, like a tincture or something before prohibition so it was very easy to bring prohibition in mm. without you know pushing the leaf and the the reefer and people smoking joining everybody's going whoa you know and that's back in the 1920s that scared the crap out of everybody but but nowadays that's that's not going to work we need to get the politicians and the police to stop avoiding the issue and sit down and say right what do you want basically because the, the, anybody that still that still is for prohibition in this day and age. They're having a leg to stand on if they're going to come in and sit down with the legs of myself, you know. So, so what what law were you pushing in in two thousand and eighteen? Was it and did were you successful? Is it is it technically legal in Northern Ireland now to have medicinal cannabis? Yes, um, in twenty eighteen, because there was no sitting government, the NI executive, the devolved government, they had they had a, a year off or two years. Three. Three years. Basically, I didn't yeah. want to say three. It sounds worse when you like say a thousand three. Thousand days, but, just over a thousand days. So during that period, a lot of things, um, a lot of things happening in Northern Ireland came to an end, like grants for for youth football and stuff, and it was never renewed because there was nobody sitting to renew it. Um, legal, the cannabis legislation that came through Westminster on the first of November, twenty eighteen, wouldn't have included Northern Ireland. Um, a devolved government has to sit down and have a meeting and then write to Westminster and say, see your legislation change. We have had a good chat about it. We want to be included mm. and they have to hand that in. But see if they do not submit that request, you're not included. This is why Northern Ireland has different laws to the rest of the UK, like the abortion laws and things like that, just, just as an example. Mm. So... In 2018, myself, along with a couple of other cannabis activists and um, a couple of politicians, got together and we managed to get that sit down no. in Westminster or in Stormont. This isn't 
there was no sitting assembly or nothing but we got uh, can you say what MLAs you were sat down with um, it was chaired by Mike Nesbitt um, the UUP were heavily heavily involved but all the parties were represented we had okay. we had uh, Sinn Féin MLA come in from OMA and we had a lot of SDLP there Alliance were there all the parties were there and they were all talking about medical cannabis. And and, like, was there serious opposition voiced at this point, or was this all people who were in favour of the idea? There was the only sort of opposition, and I'm glad you actually asked that, the only opposition at that time in that meeting was procedure and red tape following procedures. It wasn't, oh, here, you can't do this because it's, you know, the news says people it's going to turn people schizo, you know, which is, like, it's... 2018 to 2021, the the schizophrenic the schizophrenic ratios have not went up, mm. you know. But anyway, um, so this that was sort of the only way or sort of the only opposition that we had at that meeting, which was right. Okay, we understand what you want to do, but you know, there's no devolved government or Westminster need to need to debate or whatever and, and blah blah. But at the end of the day, we've done a really good job and we pushed it through. Um, we got we got cannabis legalized in Northern Ireland on private prescription. So that was twenty eighteen. That's incredible. Well, congratulations and thank you uh, for doing that. That's uh, that's a real step towards um, you know people not being criminalized for, for yeah. adults smoking a plant that's largely harmless. Exactly. Um, well, thanks for that, Josh. I appreciate that. But I do have to say, I was only part of a, of, a, of a team, and there was bigger players on that on that wee panel that went to Stormont than me. I was just excited to, at the time, I was just excited to be involved. But now looking back on it, it definitely is something that I am very proud of. Mm. I mean, that's definitely, that's the, people probably look back at that particular moment at some point when we, when they're doing the retrospective on, you know, how cannabis became legal. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Let me interrupt, Josh. Yeah. Don't look at the camera. Speak the mic, unless you want to. Just, you're, every time you move, you're, it's uh, about half of the audience as well. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll I'll keep that in mind. Thanks. <laughs> um, oh, I've lost my train of thought. Where were we? What were we talking about, Blair? Before you rudely interrupted. <laughs> right, that's where we were mm. with the legalization. Yeah, so hopefully, hopefully when we when someone looks back and does the retrospective of you know the the timeline to the legalization of cannabis in Northern Ireland, they'll probably start with that moment. I would mm. say. Hope uh, so. Yeah. So, what have you got planned for for this place and and like where, like what's what's the ceiling on this for you? Like where do you where do you want it to go? Like if you had the the absolute dream of like exactly what you wanted to happen, like where yeah. would this be in, in a year or two? Well, at the moment, it's it's for people that have a prescription for cannabis to come and meet and talk to each other. The very first day we opened, I got in contact with a few people that I knew. See, private prescriptions, they're private, mm. and a lot of people that have them, and because of the stigma in society, a lot of these people are still sitting in the house on their own. But what I actually came across was a, a man and a lady, it's actually, she's a wee granny, God love her, but she's brilliant, she loves her cannabis. Um, she has, she was prescribed a certain strain from a clinic for her illness and there's now another gentleman that i know that lives in a, the other side in northern ireland he has been prescribed a different strain for the same illness from a different clinic 
And I was able to put the two of them in a room together. Mm. Just like this, put the vaporizer. He brought his private prescription, she brought hers, the two of them put it on the table and they spent about an hour here and it was absolutely fantastic. So that's the sort of thing I'm looking to happen here more and more. The The bigger picture is hopefully this can be a pathway to everybody else that's that's watching this saying, here, what's, what's the trick? What's, what's the catch? Mm. The catch is I've got a private prescription for medical cannabis and I've got a vaporizer and a table. That's mm. it. You know, there isn't any, there is no laws that prohibit vaping indoors. Right. And a private prescription so you can is... you vape indoors? Yes. Does the smoking law stop people smoking things other than tobacco indoors? Combustion in, in general, no smoking. Right. Vaping and combustion is two different things. Right. Where whenever you're vaping cannabis herb, you're just heating it. So you will always have some left over, but whenever you're combusting it, it's, you're burning it, it, it burns away to nothing. So that's that's the two difference between the two. So whenever you're getting your private prescription for cannabis, the doctor is saying, we recommend that you vaporize this in a proper vaping device. So the likes of this Volcano Hybrid slash Matic, I, love, I call this Matic now from now on. Just put a label on it. <laughs> these retail, it. definitely. These, these retail, these retail, it'll be 500 euro. You know, there's they're over four hundred pound, so it's a serious bit of kit. But the likes of the wee granny that I know, she can't afford that. Mm. And even if she could, she's not gonna put it beside her wee figurines in the front room. You know what I mean? So this, <laughs> this, you imagine that imagine. the figurines and then the big, the big vaporizer. You go in, you like all the brass stuff. Yeah, yeah. Have to do all the polish in there. Yeah, all the different ones. So this bit of kit, it's here, and she can come all she wants and use it so you know that's that's more or less the gist of it more people especially i would say the likes of the cities especially belfast i would dare to say you'll see one of these popping up in belfast really really soon mm. and i've already had i've already had contact from people in scotland and england saying we're thinking about doing that uh how are you doing it we're you know we're, we're thinking about it so I'm, i am in touch with these people now and you know I, I just want more and more of these to, to pop up because at the end of the day, you could argue it it is unplaceable, it is medical and it's private medical. So if the likes of, say, maybe there was a disturbance and the police did come around here, straight away it's a fine line between what exactly are you are you doing here and you know, you know you're encroaching on on personal people's personal medical that sort of thing. Um, so. The other, of course, the other, the other side of that coin is if, if the likes of the police and the council did come round and they wanted to maybe argue as to what we're doing here, the the first thing I'd be bringing up is why they're they're ignoring the concord, you know. So, getting those sort of people around and having the patients around here, the whole thing's just gonna blow up. The, the two of us could sit here and vape now. I could vape my my private prescription right in front of you, and you Go know, <laughs> you know. Um, there's anybody walking past, that, you know, that don't know us, they wouldn't be able to pick out which one of us actually has a prescription. So, you know, reading between the lines, if, if if you see what I'm saying, you know, it is definitely, I feel it's the way forward. And if there's, if one of your friends has a private prescription, you definitely bring them here and come with them, you know. 
I definitely will. I'm going to be suggesting to people to try and get one. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. What, what sure. do they offer the prescription for? Because I know that the the legalization in in California, for example, when they when they were moved just to medicinal marijuana before it was like fully legalized recreationally. Yeah. That it was just like a insomnia or anxiety. You could just go in to the doctor and be like, "Yeah, I have um, in, insomnia." Yeah. And then they'd be like, all right, whatever. Like, and there was clinics set up literally specifically for like that, that Snoop Dogg, what the company yeah. that we talked about before. So what is the, the, the clinics that, that you're speaking to yeah. the clinic? Um, what do they prescribe it for? Like what, what illnesses? Well, it's, it's a, a wide range of illnesses right across the board. Obviously of your, your serious ones, like, like multiple cirrhosis, the most common one in the UK and it's, it's a bit of a bad taste in my mouth, is chronic pain. A lot of the prescriptions in the UK are for chronic pain. And why I'm not too play, I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled that that is available. But unfortunately, on the actual island of Ireland as a whole, the Republic of Ireland will not give a private prescription for chronic pain. And I find that very strange. So They won't give a private prescription for anything for chronic pain? Like like painkillers of for any medical form, cannabis, or just for medical cannabis. They won't prescribe okay. medical cannabis privately for chronic pain, mm. to the point now where there's actually a, a lady I know called Alicia Mayer. Um, she flew to Spain to get the proper cannabis medicine for her own condition, and she's been there ever since. Because see, as soon as she comes home, Josh, she's gonna get arrested. <laughs> and she, why would she be arrested? What but, has she done here? She would have her her medical cannabis with her. Yeah. So she. she oh, right. Okay. That. So she couldn't fly back with it. That's so what if she mean, flew okay. back with her medicine. It's it's not you know. See, years from now, years and years from now, people are going to be looking back to this part of history and see the likes of the gangster rappers that are doing all the music videos and stuff. It's people are going to be looking back, and it's going to be the equivalent of them dancing about with bottles of Cavonia. You know that that is literally. <laughs> That is literally what cannabis is to me. It's mm. it's medicine, you know. So my friend Alicia, she's stuck out in Barcelona. There is, or it's Alicante, sorry. There is a campaign to bring her home. Hashtag bring Alicia home. She has been asking the the Irish health department for a private prescription for chronic pain for a long time, a long time. And they only seem interested in giving out oil to like maybe people that have brain tumours or epilepsy mm. and oh, we haven't got round to chronic pain yet but it's alright you know so families are, are families are, are split in the likes of the Republic of Ireland where up here in Northern Ireland there's hundreds of people walking about flaunting flaunting a private prescription for chronic pain you know so the majority of the scripts are chronic pain mental health is starting to, to, to rise a, a lot more the work that I'm doing, particularly in the background, would be towards mental health. That would be a big push for me. Mm. And uh, I mean, it's a big problem in Northern Ireland. Generally. Yeah, definitely. It, it would be a, a, a big local problem. Um, generally in the UK, across the board, the lack of epilepsy and stuff, mm. you know, but this research is being heavily suppressed in the mainstream media. And to actually get the proper figures, I would say you would have to, you would have to go looking for them. Mm. Yeah. I find that a lot on yeah. a lot of issues these days. We can't. Yeah. Uh, it's very difficult to find the information you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the uh, yeah Google's compromised. Oh, it's not. <laughs> Sometimes when you do think you're like, oh, here I'm actually onto something here, and then about ten million pop-ups come up, and you're like, yeah, I am on something here. <laughs> I just can't see it, you know. But um, I find Facebook in in particular is heavily, heavily censored. It, even as far as the censoring memes and you know yeah, your I've jokes, seen that. I got off Facebook about yeah. six months ago because it's they started crazy. getting too crazy. I was like, I'm not having these people profit off my data. Yeah, it's exactly that's exactly what it is. But my main following is on Facebook. My page, the Kanagai page, is just sitting under ten thousand followers, but it has been in and around there for about the last two years. Um, Facebook really went to war with all the cannabis pages, and that's the, so crazy. Though. Yeah, they deleted quite a few. But just in the UK, right across, right across, even, even places where it's completely legal. Uh, as far as I'm aware, um, the way that the community standards would work with Facebook, they would rather try and find a way of causing trouble for you mm. so that you maybe just don't post that sort of thing, rather than saying, "Here, you can't post that. Don't be doing it." You know, so it would be like, oh, here, there's maybe something you said, and it's it's maybe completely irrelevant to cannabis, but they'll maybe bring it out and say, oh, here, you can't use that, and if you want to appeal, that's all right, you can appeal, but we're not really going to look at it, and in the meantime, your your whole account's banned for for a month. You know, so Facebook, it's it's difficult, but there is there is ways around it, but they they don't like us. Every every time we sort of sidestep a new community standard, the sort of the. The, the hammer us for it, the try and change it, you know. So the likes of giving things away on Facebook, I would have to use words like community throwback instead of saying, here's free seeds, who wants to win them? You know, and that's, when I'm on Facebook, that's what I want to do. I want to talk to the, the cannabis community that's out there because I can't do that when I'm, you know, physically because of, because of the stigma in society, it's not that people don't want to come out and talk about cannabis, it's that they're scared of what other people will think mm. and judge them for, which is, is only natural. Everybody judges everybody, you know, it's a natural part of being human. But over here in Northern Ireland, it's just that wee bit, you know, it's, it's noticed a wee bit more. So I think once we get up and running properly in this wee spot and get a proper membership base, and then we're looking into Belfast City, I think once we get to the city, there's no, there's no looking back. No, I would, I would think that's that's pretty, uh, pretty accurate. I mean, you just, as soon as you set up, you'll have people like flocking in. Um, mm-hmm. Even just, we were stood outside for like ten minutes before you got here, and we already had someone coming up and be like, "Oh, you know, the whole town's a buzz with talk about this." And I was like, "Really? Like that's like so quickly?" So mm-hmm. there's, there's way more demand, I think, than people realize. Yeah, um, and. I think you're probably doing the right thing here because like it seems like you want to make a space for people to come down and just talk about it honestly yeah and that's how we get progress on anything i find at least anyway you've got to get people to talk honestly about something that's the mm-hmm. the best way to move f- forward um in any issue and it's beautiful to see that you're you're trying to do something like that. I love the idea of the the two uh, pensioners coming down and exchanging okay. weed here. Like, that's, that's it's so brilliant. funny, man! It's amazing. It's like that's have you great. ever seen those those Buzzfeed videos with like the grannies like hitting bongs? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Seeing something like that up close, uh, it is only vaporizer, but seeing something like that up close, it's it's definitely it's something else. And one of the, one of the other patients that I know is another elderly lady and her husband is so anti-cannabis like he is it's drugs it's the worst drug in the world and over the course of maybe the last 12 months um 
the CBD oil that we were able to source for her through NI Compassion changed her life. It changed her life in a week. What she was able to do, she was able to play with her grandkids out in the garden again, you know, because she was so mm-hmm. with all this, you know. Yeah. So was arthritis or something? Or, yeah. yeah. Um, and that that really broke the ice for her husband to where now she actually is a dry herb vapor herself and her husband will gladly you know go and stand with her whereas before she was maybe having a having a wee smoke in the car and you know shying away but now she has a private prescription for cannabis and she's got her own vaporizer and she's leading the way you know and 18 months ago she was she was hardly out of the house you know so it's changing people's lives for the better that's such a beautiful story <laughs> i love hearing stuff like that man like there's too much negativity in the world it's always great to hear positive things yeah definitely for sure mm-hmm. I, I always found that the older generation whenever i was doing public awareness out in the street in the city in people's faces the older generation were always the ones that were mm, don't know about that mm-hmm. or you know i'm not too sure or you know we trust the doctors whereas now you know people that are coming in through the door they're all majority of them are all older than me you know they're all coming in they've all got grandkids and they all just want to feel feel good and be able to play with their grandkids that's all these people want you know mm. i mean if they they I, you can't vilify that that's a beautiful uh, desire for people they want to just play with their grandkids and yeah. if it helps them like i've no idea why people can't be reasonable about this but i think what we are, what we've explored here is that it's just political roadblocks that are stopping us from from moving forwards on it yeah um so uh before we wrap up then is there there anything you want to you want to plug do you want to tell people where to find you and uh yeah yeah sure how they can how they can get involved in in maybe trying to help your campaign as well certainly anybody that wants to to get in touch or have a look at what we do the facebook page is ni canagai it's the same as instagram we're also on youtube and anybody that wants to come here and actually talk about cannabis um I don't know what way to sort of put it out on social media. We've got a Stay Medicated Dry Herb Vape Lounge Facebook page. Mm. Um, What we want to be able to offer people on that is um, a time where they can book an appointment to come in, a bit like what we're doing here now, um, with all the questions that they might have so that we could have a proper, like a consultation, so to speak. Um, That sort of thing, you know. Well, everyone links will be in the description below um yeah thanks very much man this has been a pleasure a lot of fun learned some cool stuff and also like to give a shout out to the ni compassion club and behind the scenes of the ni compassion club is the dublin compassion club so there is there is a lot of good people and they are doing a lot of hard work in the background to bring pain relief and and the the, the likes of people with fibromyalgia more importantly people with cancer people that are being let down by the the nhs and their own their own health departments so um thanks to to all the activists out there and if anybody wants to come up here and have a demonstration of any of the dry herb vapes you can find stay medicated dry herb vape lounge at 8 rushy road ballyclare there you go lovely well thanks for listening everyone that's great josh thank you appreciate that how long did we do Thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate you tuning in and making it all the way to the end of the show. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.